Michael, it is Saturday, January 23rd. A new day has dawned for America, and you are listening to Morning Meeting. I'm Ashley Baker, the style editor of Airmail. And I'm Michael Haney, a deputy editor here at Airmail. Ashley? Yeah? Is it safe to come out? It's safe to come out. <sighs> it's finally safe. He's gone, Michael. He's in Florida. You can show your face again. Just imagine, like, you have a Saturday where you don't have to worry about something. Like, you're, you're not going to, someone's going to say, oh, did, you see what something, did you see what he just tweeted? It's not going to happen today. Yeah, no, I mean, we don't have to check Twitter uh, religiously anymore. I mean, look, I, ha- I have to confess something, Michael. You know, I don't generally get emotional. Not my thing. But I was a complete waterworks on Wednesday for like a full hour. What was the thing that sent you over the edge? You know, Michael, I think watching all of these past presidents and first ladies and leaders that we really looked up to come together as we inaugurate a new administration was a really powerful moment. And it reminded me what it feels like to have leaders we can actually look up to instead of look down upon. Yeah, you know, I'm, uh, boy, I, uh, I was uh, very soggy myself, as Biden said. Democracy prevails, right? And I think more than that, as much as that, it's, it's character counts and um, values matter. Even though the guy is 70-something years old, whatever he is, it's still got a feeling of Mr. Smith goes to Washington. There, there's an optimism and there's um, a kind of belief in, in doing good for your neighbor. And um, it gets me choked up even now. I'm... <laughs> Oh, God, Michael. Okay, on that note, I think we need to bring in Graydon. All right, we're fortunate that we have uh, our fearless leader, Graydon Carter, joining us today on Morning Meeting to talk about his take on the last days of Trump and the new presidency. Graydon, thank you so much for joining us here on Morning Meeting. Always a treat to have you. Oh, it's wonderful to be here and to see you both. So, Graydon, how are you feeling these days? You've got a new, new, a new president in town. Yeah, no, it feels like um, you've just gone a long uh, road trip with a really flatulent driver and somebody just rolled open the window. So it's, uh, it's a better feeling this week than it was last week or the week before that. How did you think the inauguration played itself out? I mean, I didn't watch all of it, but it reminded me of what I love about this country and why I came here, this, the... The coming together of people, and I thought the um, that young poet was extraordinary. I thought Lady Gaga was was incredible, and and I thought Biden's speech is one of the finer speeches I've heard in a long time. It was it was a day an inauguration in some like through the looking glass version of 1981 with Reagan and Carter, and like instead we were just like then we were waiting for the hostages to be released. This time we were the hostages waiting for his plane to leave, right? No, no, completely. But I'm wondering, you know, you're a longtime observer, uh, even uh, encounterer of Trump. And there's been a lot of question over the last four years, but especially over the last two, three weeks of his mental state. Right. And, and um, how do you look at his mental state these days? Well, you know, it, it's funny. I think we've all been watching a version of The Wages of Fear, where that old Eve Montan film, where these three convicts have to get a truckload of nitroglycerin through the South American jungle. We're just, it's just been, you know, it's all broke bridges. And, and uh, I think that's certainly how I felt over the last, since the, since the election, I thought this, anything could happen. The only good thing is I have, a, yeah, I know he had the nuclear codes with him when he left Washington. And uh, I have a feeling if he just looked at them really at the football really closely the tiny little Fisher Price logo on it because I don't think they gave him the real thing. They probably just loaded up with books or something to make it feel heavy and 
quasi-authentic, and he keeps pushing the button and nothing happens, and it's plastic and it falls off. I think that I think there are enough safety rails to protect the country um, from Trump. And I'm sure Bob Woodward is just in heaven because you can imagine his his book that'll in there inevitably come out this fall on Trump's final final days and final hours. The way he handled himself was simply appalling. I read in the papers this morning or yesterday morning that he was thinking of starting his own party called the Patriot Party which would be such a gift to the Democrats because it would split off the his fringe element from the Republican Party. Um, it would ensure Biden another four years, I think. And, you know, he's you sort of knew he was going to leave a big orange stain on, on, the, on the White House and the country. Uh, when he left, I saw a lot of pictures of, of cleaners sort of fumigating the, the White House offices and, and the, the Oval Office. He's gone, though. And that's the most important thing. And I know this flurry of, of pardons, which it's such a strange thing if you're not born in this country to the, the, the pardon system, because I think it was originally a, like a corrective to the judicial system of, you know, people have been, you know, unfairly imprisoned for minor offenses and, or offenses that are now considered minor and that sort of thing. But this was just, uh, you know, I think ha- having a, a Trump pardon on your um, on your resume is like going to be like a just like a scarlet letter that it'll be there forever and it will not um uh it may eliminate you from jail time but it will be a permanent stain on your on your character and and record well the best one to me was steve bannon who by the way pled not guilty so he he entered a not guilty plea so what's he being pardoned for he hasn't even gone to trial yet you know but you know But remember, it's only for federal crimes, so they can all still get nailed on on uh, on state crimes. Right. We can only hope. I mean, so great. Is it almost better to go to jail than to have a Trump pardon on your resume? I'd go to jail for three months rather than have a Trump pardon on my resume. I think being an ex-convict is is um, less harmful than being a Trump pardonee. Well, you you mentioned his followers a minute ago, and you know, what, if he starts a new party. But where do you see his followers going now? There was even a story just I saw this morning that, you know, the much vaunted Proud Boys have already like, they're all calling him a weak and a loser already. They're like, like I mean, is it, do we think it's all going to like just evaporate that quickly? Or what do you think his followers are going to do now? No, yeah. If you're trying to be a, 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 a right wing despot and, and, and fringe elements like the Proud Boys start saying you're, you're weak, you've got a real problem. <laughs> But I, you know, I think that his his little group, without the without the Twitter sphere, I think he will lose a lot of his amplification of his. You know, he it, otherwise he's just ranting in a in a private room, and you know, I was reading that uh, you know, and he's going to have troubles. He's going to be so occupied with lawyers uh, fighting, you know, all these the state charges, the impeachment, and figuring out how he's going to pay off this, you know, roughly $1 billion in debt that's coming due over the next two or three years. His banks have all deserted him. And at some point, his kids are even going to realize this was not worth it. Yeah, and it's funny in terms of the money. I mean, I've been dying to ask, he owes a billion dollars or whatever this is, right? But then the Times of London reported yesterday that, of course, Trump being Trump, he not only wants to build the biggest presidential library ever, but he wants to raise $2 billion for it and build it in Florida, right? Well, here's the, yeah, the words Trump and, and library are not words you would normally associate with it. I think the word library with presidential libraries is, is a very loose term. They should call it a monument because there's not a library, there's no lending system or anything. Else. And 
as I recall, when Marie Brenner did a story at Vanity Fair on Trump years ago, years and years ago, she noticed the copy of uh, Adolf Hitler's speeches beside his bed. So I don't think he's a giant, a huge reader. So the library will be be an interesting uh, uh, proposition. And the fact is, you know that if he's raising this kind of money, I mean, there's a lot of graft in there for, for Trump family, like a 10% surcharge just built in. It's, it's probably appropriate he wants to build it in Florida because it is the land of fantasy theme parks. So, you know, it's... <laughs> it is, and it's also become the Paraguay of America. I mean, you know, this, this is where the Sacklers go to, to you know, avoid penalty. All the, all the miscreants from the junk bond scandals of, of the 1980s all wound up in Florida. And it, it's just, and, you know, the, all the Trump family. I know people in Palm Beach are just horrified and want him out of there. And I don't think he can stay in Mar-a-Lago because he made a deal with the with the city that if he developed into a club, he couldn't stay there for any extended periods of time and treat it as his residence. And I think the room there, their suite of rooms, whatever it is, is um, like two thousand square feet. And and um, I don't think that's. I think for for someone like Trump, with all the, the grandiosity and the marble and the pillars and the columns and the gold leaf. I don't think it's going to be enough. And not enough for Melania either. She's going to need her own weight. <laughs> not enough. Right? Not enough just for her clothes. I thought it was pretty tacky, her leaving with a $45,000 handbag and Gucci clothes and all the rest. I just thought, you know, dress it down a bit. Well, she changed on the plane. Did you see? But I still want to know where where's Baron? Where's right? <laughs> yeah. Did they leave him behind? I don't know. He probably took the car. I mean, he was probably driven. I mean, he didn't stop driving or anything like that. A new day is dawned. Graydon, we have to ask on the free speech front, you know, with Trump being muted and with a lot of, you know, the, our, our favorite QAnon supporters in the House of Representatives now also losing their Twitter privileges. Do you think this free speech argument really holds up that their right, that, you know, that these people's rights are being infringed upon by being muzzled on social media? You know, you can argue that flat or round, and and you know, yeah, I do think uh, their 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 free speech rights are being hindered. At the same time, you can't you know you can't go into a crowded movie theater and shout fire. So it it, it is yes, you can have free speech with it with some responsibility, and I and these this that's where they've lost their case in both Trump's case and in the those fringe elements case, especially the QAnon people. It doesn't bear thinking about. Them. So is there any part of you, Graydon, as a journalist and an observer of politics, that's a little bit let down by the normalcy we're about to see in the administration? Okay, so the people, the people who have a really tough go of it going forward are political cartoonists. And um, I mean, Biden is a normal looking man, seems to be much harder to draw than Trump with the, with the ridiculous hair and the, uh, you know, the ducktail. And, um, I, you know, I think that I think that it's, you know, if your refrigerator is going going on the fritz from time to time, you know, you, you check it every day to make sure the light bulb's on and things are cold in there. And then at a certain point, you're, you're really relieved when the refrigerator is just working and you can just like get a, some, some milk out of it and not have to worry that it's, it's, it's going to break down. You won't have to check your phone as often to see what sort of crazy things he's done. You know, people get off an airplane flight and they, you know, everybody's checking their phone to see what, what lunatic thing he's just said or done. And I think you know politics. It's it's like um, we're going into the off season now, and it's like uh, like the football season. You don't think about it for like seven months. 
And I think it'll a lot of people just like to return to their lives and not worry about this. There are a million other things to worry about, but we don't have to worry about a lunatic in the in the White House. There'll be a lot of books written that w- that wouldn't have been written with if Trump had stayed in office because people will be you know freed up and there'll be macrame you know classes that tended to that haven't been tended to if those still exist. No, people just get on with their lives now. I think. Do you? Um, I don't know if you saw the. Uh, I mean, amidst the flurry of last hour, pens, things he signed, he also gave the, all the kids Secret Service protection. They're probably going to need it, I'll be honest. Uh, they're going to have a rough go of it. And whatever political futures they envision for themselves, I, I think that is is probably in the rearview mirror rather than the road ahead. Yeah, it's uh, although then you have, I don't know if you saw that Don Jr., I think yesterday tweeted out, an, an, an analogy of the Lion King. Uh, Simba? What? Yeah, like basically when the hyenas take over. And I was just like, really? Like, this is the level of like how you have to, how your mind works. It's like, his, got- father, his father is like Scar, if that's <laughs> the Jeremy Irons character. I mean, he's not, he's not, the, he's not the Lion King and, and those kids are not Simba at all. Yeah. And, um, uh, no, no, they're, no, I don't want to get into it. But, Feelings about them. Green, have any Republicans emerged on top, in your opinion? Yeah, I guess, you know, I can't believe it, but there's somebody, you know, Liz Cheney is like, she came out okay in all of this. Even, I mean, McConnell's doing his best. He realizes Trump lost everything for him. He, he doesn't have the, 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 the sort of fire hose of money that he, he usually has to like distribute among uh, fellow senators for their reelection campaigns. Then, he, you know, you got a very diminished. Republican Party, you got the some lunatic fringe of Matt Goetz and and uh, Jim Jordan and uh, Kevin Nunes on one side, but you got some responsible Republican senators as well. And Liz Cheney came off looking pretty decent, I thought. All right, well, lots of news to come, or hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. I'm going back to my macrame, so uh, <laughs> I need a couple tea cozies if you have time. Okay, I'll do that for you. No macrame and and watching the, the Bachelor. That's my. That's my future. <laughs> it's funny. It's almost what Trump's future is. It's what his is. Yeah, we're quite similar that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Graydon. Well, thank you so much for joining us as always. Sure. Enjoy your weekend. Aside from the politics, Michael, we do have a great issue of airmail for you. Where should we start? Let's see. Where would you want to start? Do you want to start with, I don't know, the latest scandal with the royal family or... Do you want to start with the monkeys in Bali that know how to steal really expensive handbags? Or I don't know. What do you, what, what, what's, what's tickling your fancy? All right. Just give me only what I need to know about the royal family. Okay. Stu Heritage, our man in uh, the UK, has a very funny piece this week that Sarah Ferguson, Prince Andrew's former wife, is, you know, as, as Stu says, he says, please, everyone, let's welcome back Sarah Ferguson, shameless huckster. As he said, you know, she she has a talent for kind of shark tank, hurl it all at the wall and see what sticks approach to business. She seems to always be looking to make money. She had this sort of goop-like thing called Duchess Inc. that was selling towels and biscuits and somehow combined glamour and compassion. And she's now writing Bodice rippers, kind of Hollywood romance novels. Her first one being Her Heart for a Compass, uh, which she describes as a fascinating journey of a woman born into the higher echelons of society who desires to break the mold, follow her internal compass in parents, her heart, and discover her raison d'etre. So you've got that, which, as I said, you know, 
I wonder if it's being read at the hotel in the UK that is run by a QAnon follower. But that's another story you can read in the issue. We have, we really do have it all this week, Michael. We need to talk about a piece by one of our editors, Clementine Ford, in which she discusses this new trend among Gen Z and millennials. They're posting videos, often of themselves crying, on TikTok. It's mostly girls and women, but it's also boys and men from time to time uh, documenting their breakups on TikTok. And, you know, they're filming selfie confessionals talking about how they feel now that a relationship has ended. This is something I've never done, Michael. You? Wow, I could really surprise you right now if I said, oh, I, I do this all the time under a pseudonym on TikTok, but I don't. But no, no, this is this is one of those kind of generational trends that I, I love is why Clem brought it to us is, you know, you and I have a generation like you broke up, you got your heart broken, you kind of maybe cried to your friends, cried to your pillow, sought a way to get over it, but you didn't really broadcast it out into the world. But now because of TikTok, there are these kids, people making these videos and sort of just making their, these incredibly, uh, as I say, as I said to Clem, like they make very raw footage about very raw motions and they put it all out there. And I think it's all part of that sharing culture now, right? Michael, when I used to get my heart broken, which happened on the regular, I would deal with it by laying it did on the not. It Always. Did not. You were breaking the hearts. I'm sure of that. Yeah, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. But I remember this was how I dealt with it. I would go to my apartment. I used to live in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, in a an unfinished loft. And by unfinished, I mean like it had no climate control. Like the windows didn't fully close. It was a little scary sometimes. But I would lay on the floor of my loft and blare Chet Baker. Like just listen to music for like three days on end and then it would be done. Now the youngs are going on the internet and sharing this with the world. And the crazy thing is some of them are becoming influencers in their own right because their breakup videos are going viral. So you can get famous in all sorts of ways these days. You know, but TikTok is this crazy thing. We, we, there was this story recently that, you know what else is big on TikTok right now? Tie-dye? Probably, but sea shanties, wailing sea shanties from the 1830s sort of like suddenly bubbled up, uh, you know, these someone doing covers or uh, of, of these old sea shanties that they discovered. I would like to see a breakup video of someone seeing a sea shanty about how their ex is now the great white whale. There you go. Can anyone do that? I'm sure someone has already done that. You're just late to the game. You've just hurt my feelings so much. <laughs> I'm going to I'm, I'm filming myself crying and it's going to be on TikTok in about five minutes on my secret channel and you're not going to know where it is. It's Michael Haney 212, guys. That <laughs> might find <laughs> Sorry. Hey, 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 hey. As you said earlier, Michael, we have a relatively uh, easygoing weekend ahead of us. So is there anything at all you can recommend? Well, you know what I was thinking earlier is, or just the other day is, Normally, this time of year, of course, we'd also all be talking about Oscar buzz right now, right? What are the films, the big films that came out over the holidays and yeah, the, the, the shows yeah. that we started, blah, blah, blah. And I, I realized it's like, it's like you sort of, you're, there's that vacuum in our mind right now. I mean, and this came to me because I was sitting home over the weekend and I caught up on two films that probably normally I'm sure will be, who knows what's going to happen with the Oscars this year, how they're going to run it. But I guess two of them that are, will surely be in contention for different things at different times. But I watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Chadwick Boseman's last film, and he is spectacular in it. Uh, it just, just makes you realize what we lost with losing him. And then I also watched uh, News of the World, the new Tom Hanks film, which I 
I have to say, was really just the perfect film for right now. Wow. In what way, Michael? It's a quiet Western about a man with values doing the right thing against a landscape that is kind of post-Civil War on the frontier, encountering challenges to who he is and what he believes and uh, navigating that with uh, the strength of his character. So, look, Tom Hanks, I have mixed emotions about that guy at different times, but great role for him, great role for Chadwick. Two films I highly recommend. And then you can have our Oscar. I think we've got to have our Oscar discussion at some point. That's what I'm going to say. So it's easy to dwell in the land of Netflix and Apple Plus and all that and miniseries, but kind of wanted to dabble in some films. Honestly, we should probably have a virtual morning meeting viewing party for the Oscars. We're going to have a sideline conversation about that and get back to you all. But uh, that, I think that would be really fun. I used to throw an Oscars party every year, no matter where I was in the world. You know, it used to happen during Fashion Week, during Women's Fashion Week in Paris. We'd have it in the middle of the night. No problem. Did you break any hearts at it? And the night would always end with me lying on the floor listening to Chet Baker, Michael. Always. <laughs> <laughs> so in our editorial meeting... Earlier this week, we were talking about this new drama series called The Investigation that's coming out on HBO on February 1st. And Alessandra said, oh, Ashley, will you watch it? You know, just watch an episode of it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. Well, Michael, I watched three episodes that afternoon, okay, which is why my copy was late this week. I can't stop. This show is so good. Tell me why. Well, all right. So you might remember this story because we wrote about it in airmail. I read airmail religiously. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, so in 2017, a Swedish journalist named Kim Wall was murdered after boarding a homemade submarine um, in Copenhagen. And this case reverberated around the world. And I'm not going to tell you too much about it because I don't want to spoil the series for anyone because I had forgotten a lot of what I'd read, which was the way to watch it. Because the way that this miniseries is done, it's in six parts. It's really one of the most empathetic crime dramas I've ever seen because it was created by Tobias Lindholm, and he was the director of Mindhunter, which was nominated for the uh, Best Foreign Film Oscar. Um, he wrote it and directed it. And he worked very closely with Kim Wall's parents, as well as uh, with the head of homicide for the Copenhagen Police Department, um, a man named Jans Muller. And he worked with them very closely to piece together this narrative and to tell the story of this woman's murder from the perspective of the investigators who were trying to find the truth. So I was thinking, I mean, these Danes are the most restrained, thoughtful people in this series, Michael. I mean, it's unbelievable. You watch American crime dramas and they're full of emotion and, you know, excitement and shouting and gesticulating. There is none of that in this. It is the most cool-headed example of fact-finding I have seen in a very long time. And I enjoyed it tremendously and I highly recommend it. It's coming out on HBO February 1st. Again, it's called The Investigation. Guys, by the way, we can help you come up with a better name. Like I everyone is going to forget the name of this show because it's so kind of generic and The Investigation, but put it in your queue. You do not want to miss it. It's 6 episodes long. I've already seen 5 and I am savoring the last one tonight. I can't wait. I, I'll put it in my queue right now. Thank you. Someone's listening. You know what else you should probably put in your queue? for 2023 for Seth and, and Charlie. What? I saw this news just as I was getting ready to talk to you and I had to sort of blink twice. Speaking of crime, it's about maybe one of the, uh, someone I might call it a charmingly inconsistent sociopath. Remember Willy Wonka? How could I not? The, the, the movie starring Gene Wilder. Michael, okay, you haven't been to my house lately. 
All we do is read Roald Dahl books. That's basically all we do. Oompa Loompa? Oompa Diddy? I could recite that whole film. I could recite all of Roald Dahl's books for you right now. Okay, well, guess what? You better, you, you, you better cover... You better cover Charlie and Seth's ears because they're going to be they're going to like be asking us for the next two months. So Warner Brothers just announced that they're going to do an origin movie. No. Yes, of 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 Wonka. Oh my God, that's incredible! So we have to wait two years for that. That's what it looks like. Paul King, the guy who directed Pat, the Paddington movies, is going to do it, and um, no one's been cast yet. But supposedly, you know, some of the names floated around. Timothy Chalamet, which. I cannot believe that's floated around, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I think Timothy Chalamet would be a pretty damn good Willy Wonka. For a teenager. I, th- I mean, by 2023, surely he'll be like 24, right? <laughs> yeah, he'll be a grand old man at that point, right? No, 24? Come on. You're too old to do breakup TikToks at that point. You can't even, you know, so how are you going to do Oompa Loompa, Willy Wonka? <laughs> so who gets to play the Blueberry Girl? You know, so probably some fabulous unknown we haven't seen yet. Yeah. You know, because, Michael, people were giving us a hard time about spending half of the episode last week talking about the Kaminsky Method, which is a two-year-old show. So this is this is our revenge, guys. We're just going to talk about things you won't be able to see for two more years. You now build your goddamn time machine and go to the future. Okay. You want to give me a hard time? There you go. <laughs> All right, Michael. Well, lots to look forward to, including a great issue this weekend. Delve in. If you don't get out of bed all day, we don't blame you. In fact, we encourage it. Yeah, settle in, enjoy this, you're kind of, um, what's it's not Rip Van Winkle sort of waking up, but it's, uh, you know, the reset button, right? We could all use a little bit of a reset. Speaking of reset, should I read us out? Oh, please do. Morning Meeting is produced by Airplay Productions and edited by Jesse Cannon. Our co-editors are Graydon Carter and Alexander Stanley. Our chief operating officer is Bill Keenan, and our deputy editors are Nathan King and Chris Garrett. Our CMO is Emily Davis, and our music supervisor is Randall Poster. Theme music, by the way, is The Cute Monster by the buddy Colette Quintet. A new edition of Airmail is published every Saturday, so please subscribe and enjoy all of our stories on airmail.news, which is updated every day. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Airmail Weekly or Ashley Baker and Michael Haney. We'll be back here next Saturday with another edition of Morning Meeting. In the meantime, be sure and subscribe at Apple Music or Spotify. But most of all, thank you for joining us. <laughs>